I'm Katherine Yazzie, and you're listening to It's Okay to Love Yourself, a podcast that exists to give you a permission slip to love and accept yourself exactly as you are. Through casual conversations, we'll learn from those on their own journeys to loving themselves and uncover the impact it's had on their lives. We'll also examine the systems such as diet culture that exists to keep us stuck in self-loathing. So come on, we're all on this journey together. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode four of It's Okay to Love Yourself. And in today's episode, I am really excited for all of you to hear this conversation. It's definitely not a formal interview by any means um, between myself and one of my dear friends, Tim Bowen. Tim is someone who I met working at HubSpot. Uh, We were actually both on the support team when I joined in 2013, and we've, you know, become friends and have been friends ever since. And the the episode actually opens with us kind of recounting a bit of how we came to know each other. Um, but it's been so fantastic to know someone like Tim, who, even though we are you know, in so many ways, very different and have different identities. Um, We both, I think there's things that we can both really relate to within one another. And he has been such a supportive and encouraging friend in my life who is so, uh, you know, non-judgmental and is always very open-minded and will listen to me and has given me really great advice. And Um, I wanted him to come on the podcast because I think in so many ways, Tim is one of my friends who really inspired me to think about therapy in being a tool and and a support system that I could start to use as I was, you know, going through a lot of things in life that, um, I, I wasn't really sure how to navigate. Um, and I, again, I think Tim's whole personality has always been extremely supportive and, and encouraging, but I also think that he, it's so refreshing how honest and transparent he is about his own journey and struggles and seeing him take those steps to get the support that he needed at the time and, and watching how that investment in himself really led to such a major transformation in his own life, um, which is, again, super inspiring and encouraging for me to see and to watch, especially someone who I who I cared about and, and who was close to me. So um, he has a ton of great insight to share, and I hope that you learn something from the conversation. I think we talk about not only therapy and mental health, but we talk about dating, about um, hookup culture a little bit. We talk about the importance of finding community. Um, And I think a lot of the conversation is about just recognizing your own patterns within yourself and how you can sort of take control of those thought patterns to help you free yourself of a lot of self-imposed 
limiting beliefs. And, and again, I think that's something that was so evident to me watching Tim, watching Tim, um, really take control of his life and, and stop living within that world of, of just self-imposed restriction. It was, it was so awesome to see. And, um, he, he's just such a force. I love him so much. Um, so yeah, I hope that you enjoy this episode and I will be back. I think I'm going to be posting, I'm going to be trying to post once a week on Fridays because that just seems like, um, the right cadence for right now. So I think next week I might be back with a solo episode, kind of elaborating on a few things that I've discussed earlier and just giving you all an update. Um, But yeah, please take care, be well, and enjoy this conversation. Thanks. I've been fortunate enough to catch you in, I think, a couple of those moments, too, where... (laughs) You have, you have. We have, we've always been able to talk about our emotions, <laughs> at least tried to, I guess. There's nothing I love more than public displays of emotion. Yeah, <laughs> which is ironic because you were actually like one of the first people I feel like to talk to me about going to therapy and like, oh, yeah. and you, for someone who who <laughs> hates public displays of emotion. You, I like loved how open you were and like you talked to me about it all the time and how, like, I remember it was it, when we were working together, you were always like, it's on my calendar. I'm going to go every week. You had it all carved out. Um, what was like, I don't know. Do you want to talk about how you kind of started going to therapy and yeah, what uh, that was like? <laughs> and, and, and you are right. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to anything in my life but like the moment like a friend starts crying like even like friends I've been friends with for years uh there's this one where like Joe jokes about where like I slowly backed out of a room when I found him crying and I was like I'll be right back (laughs) it's hard it's it's hard to witness other people especially people that you're friends with yeah like having a hard time I mean if I was truly going to delve into it I would I am sure it ties to like my mom used to use crying as like um almost like a defense with us where if we were pushing her too far she'd start crying and then like as a child like the thing you want to do is like make your family happy so like I instantly would be like like what can I do to fix this um and so I'm sure it ties to that but (laughs) circling back then sorry so so I mean I was fortunate enough that like I I've done therapy for a lot of my life I'm not currently in therapy but I mean, I went to therapy when I was a young child Mm -hmm. um, by myself as well as like as family therapy. And then I also then went back to it in high school for probably about a year or so when I was still in the closet, even though everyone knew that I was gay, Um, (laughs) as really a way for me to kind of deal with um, some depression feelings that I had and find ways of really kind of navigating my own emotions as in really kind of coming to terms with my sexuality. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, it was more so to help me come to terms with that and feel in a safe place. And I I was fortunate enough that I came out to a family and a group of friends that really didn't change anything. And so like, it didn't really make a huge difference or, or it made a difference in that I was out and there was less stress there. But, um, I just really didn't have the struggle that a lot of people went with. 
-hmm. And then I didn't go back to therapy truthfully until I want to say if it was right around the time you and I met. So probably like what if originally I said three to four years ago, but now it's probably like, probably like six years ago. Yeah. And I went for at least two to three years, I'd say in total. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the reason why I went at the time is I just, I wasn't really feeling good about myself and where I stood in just in my life and what I kind of was expecting out of it. But I also really went because I, I have a hard time navigating my own emotions. Um, whether it's a matter of just like understanding how I'm feeling, but also how to process those feelings as well as um, self-advocate. Like therapy has mm. helped me a lot in working with self-advocate or self-advocacy, there we go. Um, and knowing how to speak up for myself mm -hmm. and really kind of impact the world around me, like my physical world and the people around me. So that that was one of the main reasons why I, I started doing therapies that I, I needed to work on some things in order to to start to feel better about myself and start to feel like I had some control in my life as well. Mm -hmm. When you, there's a lot in there I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, when you started going six years ago-ish, you, did you have like specific goals when you started going? I, I remember you telling me about kind of your process for meeting different therapists. Was it, did you sort of know going in the type of therapist you wanted and what you wanted out of it? I know that you're a very, for people who don't know Tim, Tim is very organized and planned. <laughs> um, but I think this helped me, you know, when I was kind of going through it. What was that process like for you? Yeah. So with that, I was actually really lucky. And one of the first people like I actually met is the one that I ended up seeing. Um, but my, my friend almost compared it to like dating in that when you're first looking for a therapist, I, I truly wouldn't necessarily just select one and, and say, this is the one I have to go to. Um, for example, I had a friend who went to a therapist and she hated her experience. It wasn't for her. She didn't like how the therapist made her feel when she left. And, and finally, like it got to the point where she did leave the therapist and she tried another and she realized it wasn't even like her. It was a matter of like, she just didn't have a good working relationship with that therapist. And, and I think that's one of the important things to take from that is like, you don't need to settle for one. You can really kind of almost like shop around until you find one that really kind of works with your personality. Um, it, it's another relationship in your life. And so you want to make sure that you enjoy being around that person and that you feel comfortable sharing your thoughts with them. So with my therapist, when I went into it, I, I went to, I think I used therapy.com or one of those, um, which is not a promotion, but that, that, that's <laughs> what sponsored. I use. Um, <laughs> um, and I knew I wanted someone who was comfortable with, um, with topics around gay, being gay. Um, they didn't necessarily have to be gay. They just needed to be LG, LGBTQ friendly. And I also... Um, initially I was looking for women because I've just always had women doctors and I feel more comfortable opening up to women. Um, but I, I just didn't find a ton at that time. And then I added, there was a couple other options that I searched for. I was looking for someone who could talk about like body imagery as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I think I added in like family elements too, that I really wanted to kind of work on. So the, I emailed a couple of them. It really kind of just using like a template and then I met the one that I was working with for a few years in Boston. Um, 
in the first couple sessions, we didn't even work on or talk about anything I wanted to talk about. It was primarily him just learning about me. So I had to fill out this like very long survey about who I was, my family, my upbringing, um, opinions about certain topics, like everything under the sun that this guy wanted to know about me was in there. Um, Some of it was even really hard to do more so because like, I I just didn't know, like it was, um, some of it was like earliest memories, things like that. Wow. Um, And then we spent probably the first like three or four sessions just going through this document that I'd filled out so that he could get a better grasp of like who I am. And from there actually identify what we wanted to work on um because some of it did kind of change over time with him like yeah. like I went in being like this is what I want to work on and after going through that and working with him it got to the point where it's like okay maybe there are other things I'd actually rather work on yeah it's interesting that you say that because when I first started going um I I think the first session I didn't fill out any paperwork ahead of time or do any pre-thing um but I distinctly remember like the first session with my first therapist, she was like, so why, you know, why are you here? (laughs) And at that point I was like a mess and I just started crying (laughs) and I was like, I'm not happy. Like I just, I just let it all kind of come out. And like, that was one of the things that I needed at the time was just to have sort of an open area to just say Mm -hmm. and vent a little bit about what was going on at work and like also just my inner thoughts that were really uh I had like I just hadn't had a forum to to process them like you were saying and but uh I I think after a certain point my personality type I kind of got to that point of like I don't feel like I'm really going anywhere and I didn't really know how to bring that up and I just mm-hmm. kind of gotten that pattern of going to therapy and like talking about the same old work shit <laughs> and I stopped going to that therapist and when I started recently going to a new therapist in December we had like a 30 minute screener call before I came in I researched the hell out of her and was like mm-hmm. you are like very you know she was she was like used to working with women with like body issues and self-worth and like all these things that I was like yep this is what I need help with and like where I'm what I'm working on and um so like I did my research on her she had the screener call she had me fill out a ton of stuff and one thing that I think I was really proud of myself for doing is in the first session she asked me a million questions (laughs) and then at the end she said what else like haven't we talked about that you need to know I need to know And I really like told her everything that like, I wouldn't tell my old therapist. I was like, I talk about work as me avoiding talking about like real shit. So if you hear me like talking about work for too long, like call, I want you to call me out on that because I, I like use work as a way to like avoid talking about anything else (laughs) and all this stuff. And I remember at the end being like, oh my God, I have this like vulnerability. Like just, I just felt very like raw and emotional but it was actually like so helpful and she was like good for you for being open and honest about your shit (laughs) and like it's what like five months later I think I've made the most progress like more than I could have ever imagined like with her and I think it was because I was like super honest and open from the very beginning and yeah didn't let myself like 
<laughs> fall into the same routine. But. Like, it, it sounds really cliched in regards to therapy because you hear this all the time, but like therapy really needs to be like a safe space. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't feel comfortable like sharing there or you just don't feel that connection with your therapist, then like that's not a good fit for you. And it, it's yep. not even necessarily a reflection on them or a reflection on you. It's just a, mat- a matter of like, that isn't a matchup there. And, and there's so many other options out there in order for you to really kind of find that person that you mesh with. Exactly, yeah. Because I think you have to, you have to be able to know that you can go in there and say stuff that like you wouldn't say to anyone and that they're mm-hmm. not going to judge you and that you can cry and have a meltdown or like work something out with them. And, and you're right. Like the last therapist I went to before this one, she was like super nice and fine. It's just, I, I didn't feel like I could do those things. Yeah. And I think it's a combination of like, maybe we just like weren't a good fit. And also I just wasn't at the point where I was comfortable sharing about myself anyway. So it was hard to begin with. Like people share and process differently. And so there are different processes with therapy. Like some really do like the whole analysis side, some really like for you to just kind of be the driver of it and come to it with what you want to talk about. Like it's all a matter of like what, what works for you. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you went to therapy because like, you wanted to go deeper into your own feelings and learn how to like be with them. Yeah. What is, how, how did that like transform? Cause I feel like you really went through this like <laughs> major transformation. It was like amazing to witness over the, the few years. Like I, I really truly feel like you were someone who had a lot of success and your life is like totally different now. Right. Yeah. It's like so amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, one of the big things I definitely took from it was, uh, and I've heard you talk about it too, is like being able to like advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was a, a big theme for like later on in therapy was just being able to learn how to advocate for myself. And it's kind of funny, but I almost, I think it almost kind of started too, because at the time I was just doing a lot of different dating and I was, I think I was complaining to my therapist about like being ghosted or something. And he actually like turned it around on me and he's like, well, have you like ever done that to someone yourself? And, and uh, obviously I had, and I just kind of explained where I was like, it's just so uncomfortable to like tell someone that you're not interested in them. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, that's true. He's like, but I'm sure that they would appreciate it just as much as like you would appreciate it it, based off of the fact that you're complaining about being ghosted right now. Um, And and that kind of like opened the door to have this discussion of like, just being able to like speak out. Like I, the fact that I literally wasn't comfortable enough to tell someone that I wasn't interested in them. And I even would go on like multiple dates to avoid telling them I wasn't interested. Like, that in itself is like a problem Damn, there like I that, <laughs> that like I'm not comfortable enough to tell someone I'm not interested in them. Um, and that kind of opened up that door around that conversation of like other ways of being able to like promote myself and, and be like a, almost like a cheerleader for yourself and, and, and identifying some of those thoughts. And, and, and I'm kind of rambling, but also the idea of like, um, being comfortable in like the in on in the uncomfortable like yeah it's an uncomfortable thing but I remember the using the ghosting thing as an example the first time I finally like called a guy wants to be like listen like you're great it's not you it truly is me I'm just not attracted to you and like 
I went into the call, like my heart was beating. I'm sure I was like sweating everywhere. Mm. Um, and, and the guy <laughs> truly was just like, thank you so much. Like, yeah. I appreciate you telling me this. And we talked for like another five minutes and then hung up. Um, but in your mind, you work this up to be like this horrible thing and that you're a horrible person. And maybe if you just keep trying, it will like change. Um, yeah. So like that kind of, I think that like kind of answers what you're talking about, but. Yeah. Cause I feel like what that stems from, at least like, at least for me, and I think we've talked about this before is like, it's when we put other people and like their feelings ahead of our own. Mm -hmm. And like when you constantly, like, I think for myself, I know I can, I like, I'm very comfortable in like a peacemaker role. Like I want everyone, I think you're very similar. Like (laughs) we all want everyone to get along and like not rock the boat. Um, And I think like the dating example is great where we don't want to hurt someone's feelings but at the same time, then we internally agonize over like, oh my God, do I like this person? Do I not? Mm-hmm. Like, am I having a good time? I'm not having a good time, but like, I don't want to be rude. And if you, if you just have the direct kind conversation, like you don't have to be, you don't have to be an asshole when you say it, but it is really hard. And you, I have to do the same thing, like build myself up to be like, I deserve to put my own feelings ahead of like someone else's because they're mine and like Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for how someone reacts like that's what my my therapist tells me all the time and I like need the I need the reminder of I'm not responsible for anyone else's feelings except my own and like how I express them is yeah is like what I can control um but if they're disappointed or upset that has nothing to do with me and like it's it's tough. Like I'm still not perfect at it by any means, but yeah, I think that's definitely a really important skill that can help <laughs> you feel better. <laughs> Cause I, it's just such mind like it just makes you you feel shitty all the time and then no one else knows because it's just all in your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the amount of hours I spend turning things over and over and over in my head for like things where I'll then talk to the person, but at the time I, I won't talk to them because I, I'm too unlike comfortable but like I could say something or like do something and then like I'll spend hours thinking about that and agonizing over it and not like reaching out to the person to be like was that weird should I not have done that um and a lot of the time they'll be like I have no idea what you're even talking about right now and it's all because (laughs) like it, it it's hard for us and everyone I think to like kind of step back from themselves and like look at a moment or experience and actually like evaluate like is this a big deal is this not a big deal um I even think about it like and that affects me in all moments of our life like even with like work like if I'm speaking to a client and I'll start getting like heated on the call it takes me a moment to like step back and realize that I'm getting heated and be like is this even like something that I need to be worrying about right now mm-hmm. totally and I think for me therapy is a great way to it forces you to like think about things from your perspective. And I think that just naturally allows you to develop that space and you can get better at just noticing how am I feeling when this happens? Mm -hmm. And then I think like what I've been able, what I've been doing the last few months is like just trying to note it. And I mean, it's been a weird time because we've been at home. (laughs) And so literally there's nothing else for me to do except like think 
and be alone with your thoughts. Yeah, it's been real fun. Um, <laughs> but I think like it's been, I have now the tools and I have a process for like what to do when I want to like go deeper on something and figure out why I'm feeling a certain way about something mm-hmm. or um, yeah, just trying to like figure myself out instead of just going on autopilot as this like scared person afraid of like everyone being mad at her all the time (laughs) and like that just that imposter syndrome of like oh my god everyone yeah like you you said a good thing earlier too about like how part of it's been learning to like put ourselves first um and and when a like maybe like a year or two into therapy I finally started like dating someone that I'm still dating now but a lot of therapy was like me going every week and like talk talking to my therapist about things I wanted to talk about with my boyfriend that I was too uncomfortable to talk about with him mm-hmm. and, and and not because he put me in this situation like he's a very open person and he always has been very clear about like let's communicate but it was almost this like feeling like I shouldn't have these feelings or I shouldn't be sharing these feelings because I didn't want to rock the boat of something that in my mind was was great and it is great I'm very fortunate um and very happy um and but to stress like it's not always perfect yeah (laughs) but like (laughs) but like this idea that like I couldn't share like common thoughts or like emotions with the person I was dating because I was too afraid that I would rock this imaginary boat in my mind and and that he would go away Um, and I remember even like while in therapy and like the even like the first year or two like I would joke with my boyfriend of being like this is going to be the thing that makes you go away and like that mindset is is horrible like to be like dating when you were someone. convinced you're gonna get fired every week at work yeah. for a while <laughs> and it yeah. ties into that it's almost like the imposter syndrome for like your relationship like mm-hmm. that I didn't put myself first or even I'd say like love myself enough to think that I deserved that or that like I or that I had a right to speak out in my own relationship even with my boyfriend being like I want you to tell me if you're upset Mm -hmm. no it's so it's so hard to unlearn I think like for me so so many people that I've dated like so many guys I've dated I feel like I've been so afraid to open up because I'm like I have been very uncomfortable with like going deep with people because I was always afraid of like letting people see me and what for who I really was and like what I really thought because I think I was spending so much of my time trying to be something Mm -hmm. different and trying to be like the perfect person and like you know make up for my flaws and like it was all just so crazy and it took like a lot of effort and I think what I've learned is like when I was trying to be someone I wasn't like I there was just no room for actual connection like real Mm -hmm connection because I was just so closed off to any of it and even even just in conversations with like my therapist or friends like the more I'm the more I open up like the one the better I feel like I just feel like I can be myself and be comfortable and I'm at first it's horrifying but then to your point when people are like still sticking around and are like you know that's amazing and like you just it that's what I think generates real connection and Mm -hmm. that's what I've definitely learned in the last like year is just in different dating experiences that I've had like there's been (laughs) there's been people where like I just 
either didn't feel safe to open up to them or like there was maybe an opening and I just couldn't do it. And yeah. like looking back, I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe now, but again, I'm like a whole different person now. So I think like yeah. at this point with the right person, it's like, I'm way more ready to, to actually like go there. But it's, yeah. it's like so scary. And like in those moments, you don't really, like you don't even real read it that way. You just, it's just how you are. And it's like such an auto mm-hmm. program thing. But I think that is what, has like cut me off from like so much connection in my life is like just being afraid of like people judging me or like people leaving. Yeah. Like all that shit I think is so wrapped up in it. Like um, it's, it's so easy for us to say this now, but like, it's funny to think that like at that time we were like, you know, if maybe if I hide parts of myself, this relationship will be better or like this date will go better. Like I remember prior to dating my current boyfriend like I'd go on dates and and a big part of the community now is like drag race everyone's watching drag race but at the time it wasn't as big and I remember I wouldn't even tell people that I watched drag race or that I dressed up in drag for Halloween because I was too afraid that that one small like flamboyant part of my life would make these people not want to date me And, and and in my mind I justified that and I was like oh well that's like completely fine and I didn't see a problem with that and now I look back at that and like, it's such a minor thing, but like the idea of like hiding, thinking that if you hide something is going to make the relationship like better or more successful yeah. or like that you should change like an element of yourself for, for someone to make you fit into like this puzzle piece of what you imagine they want. And like, it wasn't, and I wouldn't even give these guys credit to like ask them if they were into these things. I just would like assume and then like be like, this is what they're looking for. And this is who I'm going to present myself. Yeah. And it's so backwards, too, because, like, I can think of so, like, people, like, guys have dated who I'm, like, when they share something that's, like, quirky or unexpected about them, that's, like, the shit that you love the most. You're, like, oh, my God, like, you like that band or you, like, like, that's the stuff that I think makes all of us, like, so unique. And I, it's so ironic that, like, I personally, I was always able to appreciate that in other people. But then, like, when it came to myself, I'm, like, oh, my God, no they, they won't accept it. Like they're Mm -hmm. not going to do it. And I think another part of that too is like, and I think we've talked about this is of just being so attached to like, like you don't want to be who you are because you just want them. You want like to have that relationship to like prove yourself. And I think that's also the piece of it that I'm like trying to let go of is I'm not successful in life because I have a boyfriend. Like that's not going to make me a more mm-hmm. worthy or like better person. Like I, I don't know. I feel like we put so much pressure on people to be in a relationship and, and use that as like a life achievement and accomplishment. And I think that's also the part of it is why, why you can get so in your head about dating is because you're so attached to this one specific outcome and you can't just, for me, it was, there are times where I couldn't just loosen up and like have a good time, which is why you date in the first place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's like the deeper part of it too, is you, that's like a way you can kind of prove yourself quote unquote and, and like use it as a way to get attention and like acceptance from other people. Yep. Like I think part of it ties to this, like, I just, in my mind, I'd all, always idealized this idea of a relationship. And, and 
as someone who has always been a bigger person, like I didn't date in high school, I didn't date in college, I didn't have sexual experiences until I was much later in life. Um, and so in my mind, like having this boyfriend was a, this pinnacle or this like step of like what you're saying, like I've made it, I have a boyfriend, look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, granted my boyfriend is so supportive and I'm very fortunate and happy to be with him but like that's just like one part of my life now but at the Mm -hmm. time I remember like having this thought of like a relationship is going to make everything better or like make me love myself more and while I I definitely grow and love myself and, and the support of my boyfriend helps with that like that is not the driving factor of like why I'm able to like even have a relationship now I would say that like there's so much more to it than just like this relationship will solve everything or like make me feel like this person that I want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's such a good point because I think for people who are thin, it's probably not even a thought in their mind. Like they like go through life just, you know, going in and out of relationships where it's like, it's such a different experience when you're in a larger body and like you're told that you're less desirable and less attractive and therefore your hopes and aspirations for like the person you date like it's it's sad all those like internalized messages and it's it's all fake but like it really fucks with your mindset Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you go into those situations because it's it's such a I don't know yeah. what I'm trying to say, but yeah, it's, I think it's like so wrapped up in that. Like, um, we're all attracted to different uh, physical builds and types and everything. But I remember I would go on dates with people where like I had already kind of seen photos of them and I just wasn't sexually attracted to them. But in my mind, I was like, I don't deserve someone who's in a, someone that I'm attracted to or someone who's of a certain build. And, and my boyfriend is smaller than me. And at the time, I just remember being like, he's he's too attractive for me almost like Mm -hmm. that like I don't deserve that I've definitely been with people who I like felt the same way about and to the point where I remember one guy I dated was like what you're so freaked out around me like (laughs) what is wrong with like you like basically telling me I need to relax and I remember just like I don't know I was so like oh my god why (laughs) like why am I getting attention from this person like this is crazy and and again I think I acted in such a way that was just so like definitely not confident or like sexy he was like like what the fuck like (laughs) just be a normal human I couldn't calm down but yeah (laughs) and you mentioned confidence and and I hate like because it's so much easier said than done with a lot of these things but like I think confidence really does come into play with it like yeah i it wasn't until the past few years that I've started to feel more confident about myself that like other people started saying that too. And like, I did start to like prior to my boyfriend have like a pretty like active dating or sexual life. And, and people would just like mention to me or like close friends would be like, you just seem a lot more confident and a lot more comfortable in yourself. Mm -hmm. And with that then really kind of came the experience of being able to date and put myself out there. Um, and again, like it's easier said than done to tell someone you just need to be confident. Right. Um, but like confidence and, and that like acceptance really, I think, comes into play with it. Like not to be that cliche, but I wasn't looking for a relationship when I met the person I'm currently dating. Like I had really kind of stopped and I was just having fun. 
and, mm-hmm. and really kind of enjoying myself and who I was at that time. And, and that's when I met him. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and I think that really kind of plays into like, not just your dating, but like your everyday, like if you're not confident at work, like the imposter syndrome, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. that can really kind of keep you back or not help you in moving forward or like confident in yourself and like the relationships you build with your friends too. Like it, all of it can really impact all of that. Yep. I think it all stems from, to bring it back to what you were saying earlier around just coming from that place of like your own needs. I think that is really the game changer. And that is what is below the confidence that people perceive in you. Because I think that behind a confident person is someone who's very in touch with like what they want, what their needs are, what their boundaries are. And then they're comfortable enough and secure in those things that they are willing to say and protect those things. Like when their boundaries are crossed or when their needs aren't being met, like they will speak up (laughs) and they'll say something about it. And um, I think that for me, that's what I'm really trying to practice is like going on a date with someone and the whole time not thinking, oh my God, am I good enough for this person? Like, they're so cute. Or like, uh, they're, you know, they're X, Y, Z. Like, what, like, what do I have? Does this, do I stack up to them versus am I having a good time with this person? Are they nice? Mm -hmm. Do they make me laugh? Like, am I attracted to them? Are they good enough for me? I think so many times I've like gone into those situations, like, and even in job interviews, like, am I good enough for this job? (laughs) Am I good enough for this promotion? Um, And that's what I'm really trying to switch that mindset in my own head of like, it's not about I'm, am I good enough? It's like, I'm good enough exactly as I am right now. Is this person the right fit for my life? And I think to your point about when you met Evan, like you guys just had a really great time together. And so it just, you kept hanging out. And at a certain point it was like, I'm choosing to make you part of my life. I'm not, pers- I'm not trying to just have this goal of like having a boyfriend because yeah. like you met the right person. And, and truly like tying it to therapy, what we're talking about, I was very fortunate at the time that I was still going to therapy. And, and so I used therapy as like a sounding block at that time to help me navigate these new feelings that I had never had for someone in understanding like when to voice my opinions with him and, and when to like, mm-hmm. even like, um, like if maybe he said something I didn't like and I just wasn't comfortable saying it at the time, which now, sadly for him, I'm very comfortable in saying those things. But like, <laughs> I would go to therapy and I, I would have written it down on my phone as like uh, something I wanted to talk about. And I'd be like, hey, like this was said the other day or like this hasn't happened. And and I really just kind of want to unpack it. And and my therapist would, we wouldn't necessarily role play, but we, we would almost like tear tear that situation down. And it would help me to get a better understanding and look at like, why that certain thing bothered me or why I didn't speak up at that time or express some of those feelings. Um, like I remember he, we, we dated for a while before we put a label on it and my therapist like helped me like write out almost like a mind, mind chart almost of, as to like why I hadn't said anything and then like how I was going to approach the situation. Um, and it helps. it was good just for me to like gather my thoughts on it and and I don't think totally kind of just like pulling back and like gathering the thoughts of like what you want to say versus like I I can be very impulsive and just like (laughs) say it and then it it doesn't have the same approach it's so funny I like love 
being able to do that in therapy, there's times where like, and it's so interesting because all the times that I've used that space to kind of role play what I want to say, I, my gut reaction is always like, I don't know how I would say it. And then my (laughs) therapist would be like, what would you like, what would you say if you had to say something about this to this person? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I would say something. She's like, that's exactly what you should say. <laughs> and so I feel like I have, I've been trying to bridge that gap of like, I think things and I, I know what I feel. Like I can think mm-hmm. what I'm feeling and how I'm reacting to something and like just actually taking that next step to say it. And for me, just having someone to say, yep, that sounds good actually does help me feel more yes. confident being like, okay, I'm not going to totally fuck this up. Like I'm going to say this thing and the world isn't going to end. And like, I think that's another thing that you need to do mm-hmm. too, is just the more you do it and the more you realize that it's not as scary as your brain is telling you it is. And it's like exposure therapy to it yeah. almost. <laughs> I would even argue like tying it to what you said, like learning to accept that validation. They're mm-hmm. like, ye- for years, like someone would say like, like we'll tie it to this part. So someone would be like, you're cute or, or like mm-hmm. even, even like compliments at work about like, things that you've done and like a lot of times I would just like downplay it or be like no I'm not or or that doesn't apply to me and I've definitely heard you say that before too um Mm -hmm. and and I think that like that's like a big lesson in itself of like accepting the compliment you don't have to return a compliment back to someone when they give it to you you don't have to like make a big deal out of it but just embrace that compliment because someone's not just gonna for the most part they're not just gonna say it to like say it like they're saying it because like it they truly believe it or it means something to them and and just like sit in that moment with that compliment Mm -hmm. it's not easy to do it and I it's funny you say that because a few months ago I remember going through I was in kind of like a weird headspace but I just remember going through like things that a certain person in my life would like tell me like compliments and like I would think like were they telling me the truth? Was he like, was he being honest with me? And like, at a certain point, it's just not healthy to, (laughs) to dwell on that. And like, believe a person when they say something nice to you and move on with your life. And like, that's, that's fine. And if they didn't mean it, I'm still going to take it as a nice thing and just be (laughs) like, or I'm going to at least attempt to like, it's not to say I still don't turn things over in my head, but if someone says it, I'm going to try my hardest to be like, okay, well then yeah, that's who I am. Great. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tie in like the, the community, like bear conversation, (laughs) because I think that it, it, because I feel like, and, and I want to hear from you because I, I feel like when you were going to therapy, were you, when did you like find out about (laughs) the bear community, I guess? Yeah. So in college, I definitely had a good group of core, like uh, gay and straight friends that I was very close with. But this was all before like dating apps. I'm not that old, but like dating apps just weren't (laughs) there yet. Um, And so the only type of like gay people that I was aware of was really like the like fit, fit gays. Like all my close friends that were gay were more fit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it wasn't until I moved to Boston and I remember my, my close friend, Joe, like I think either he researched it or I researched it, but one of us found out that there was something called a bear bar in Boston, which was for like guys that are bigger. Um, and to like give Have a background define, there, yeah, to give a background. Bear is for someone. Bear can mean many things nowadays, but 
Bear generally is a, a bigger guy who has hair, like they're furry on their body, some sort of fur. Um, but they nowadays, and, and even then probably, you don't just have to be a bigger guy. It could be like you're a bigger muscular guy too. But either way, with any of this like fur or, or hair is part of that element of being a bear. Um, mm-hmm. Or even just like that mindset. A lot of people talk about that now too, where there are guys who were bigger and lost weight and they're like, I'm still a bear. Like it, it's it's this mindset as well as sometimes a, that an outwards appearance. Um, so many people define it different ways, but like to keep it at its most basic and for my situation, mm-hmm. I, a bigger guy. Um, and so we found this bear bar and we, we definitely drank more than we should have. But um, I just remember like, Joe and I ended up, and Joe's much smaller than me, we ended up talking to like a couple different guys that night and all of them, like because I was new in Boston and I was much younger, um, a lot of guys were flirting with me. And that was my first experience of having guys flirt with me. And I I also didn't fully recognize it in some of them where I was like, oh, like, is this person flirting with me? Um, And and when anyone flirts with you, a lot of the times it, it feels really good in the right situation. And so I just remember like, almost like basking in that and be mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm attractive. Like, and that was really like my first exposure to finding a community or a group of men that I, I identified with sexually, but mm-hmm. also that I, I felt comfortable with. The, the comfort level definitely came a few years later um, when I started to do a uh, bear week in P-Town. Um, yeah. But the like, the attraction and feeling attractive and feeling it like a safe space. I think a community, a big keyword with that, and especially with the queer community is like a safe space. I felt very safe in this, in, in this one bar, which it sounds funny. It's a bar, but like I, I could be myself and, mm-hmm. and feel attractive and, and also be attractive to people in this one location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, I mean, I know from my own experience, like <laughs> when you, <laughs> when you have those moments when you know someone is really into you and but I guess like because I've had all these body issues like the moment that like a guy was attracted to me because of my body was almost this moment of like oh my god this is like it's it's not a it's not all bad like I I am not destined to be alone for my whole life like I'm not unlovable and like undesirable like there are people out there who are attracted to me um and that was at the point where I was like very much basing my own (laughs) yeah worth on like other people's opinions on me but like it was very eye-opening and it was comforting that like I could just be myself and I didn't have to try to change and like I I totally hear what you're saying and I think I mean layering on that like you're in a space where every you know everyone's attracted to you there you have that like community of people who get you yeah. and you can just be yourself and yeah and it was very much like I don't know like I, I that feeling of knowing that someone's attracted to you can be very powerful and, and very mm-hmm. empowering at the same time too to know that you're wanted like everyone wants to be wanted yeah and finding that community of people who are bears or people who appreciate bears like was a, a big step forward in almost my, my self-love too, because yeah. it, it gave me the opportunity to not only be hit on, obviously, but like to see other people who were in relationships who were in my bill, mm-hmm. who were in my bill. Like my first couple of years, I, I had a close knit group of friends that I'm no longer close with, unfortunately, but um, 
there was a couple there and they were like different sizes. Like one was smaller, one was bigger. And they had mm-hmm. friends that were all shapes and sizes. And it, it was nice to see that there are these men who were some younger, some slightly older that were all different sizes. And they all had this, like, they had relationships and, but they were also not just that, like happy with themselves too. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they all had their own internal battles. Like we're all battling something, but yep. It, it was my first time seeing like gay men who were my build in like loving supportive relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, there's, for me, I can find that similar thing like on Instagram when you mm-hmm. see plus as women dating straight size men who are hot, like you can like find like there's couples out there and you're like, it's, it is, I think when I was, probably the back half of college and that was when like Tumblr was really mm-hmm. big. Um, that was when I started following like body positivity blogs. And that was where I got that first glimpse of like, there are people out there who are living happy lives and have the things that I want and the relationships mm-hmm. that I want. And they look like me. And I think that's so powerful. And like, we all need that. And I think that's why like representation so important, but yeah the internet I think has given us all and and it's so awesome that you have this in Boston like it's here and obviously it's all over the country too but like there's there's a place you can go that has your people like uh, what was I gonna say with that like a, a lot of it too is like so many people have said this but it's so hard to come to terms with it in your own mind uh that for the most part people don't care what you look like there's only like a select few and and unfortunately those are voices that we hear that say things about our weight about our Mm -hmm. looks about our personality but for the most part people really aren't looking or caring like and I think I first heard that when I went to the gym and like I think my trainer was like no one like because I didn't feel comfortable or safe there and he's like no one really cares what you're doing they're all they're all doing their own thing and he's like I'm not saying this to be mean he's like they just no one cares yeah um and I then kind of thought about that and heard it from other people too, like in other parts of my life. Like I mentioned, there's this uh, Bear Week in P-Town and that's where a whole bunch of men who look like bears, who appreciate bears, who are just gay and want to have a good time, all go to P-Town. And it was my first time being in an entire town of people who looked like me and men who were even much bigger than me, like walking down the street with no shirt on or being on the beach in a Speedo. And, And that itself, like, I think kind of stands with that echo too. Like people don't care. And the people who do care, like you, it's hard, but you should try to block them out. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's really like when I started to apply it to myself too. Like I am that I've had, sorry. So to circle back, like I am that person now who like walks down the street shirtless or like will um, wear Speedo to the beach. Like it wasn't until probably a year ago that I would take my shirt off in front of my family on the beach. Like my family who like if every if anyone is out there to support you for the most part a lot of us are fortunate enough that it's our family and I didn't feel comfortable enough being shirtless in front of my family which is mm-hmm. a silly thought to say out loud now um but I would be like on the That's beach real. Yeah, yeah and I'd be on the beach like dripping it and refusing to take my t-shirt off even though my family would be like take your shirt off like you're clearly uncomfortable yeah like, and I yeah. think seeing that in that representation, like you mentioned, really helped me on that journey of being able to put myself out there too and, and being a, a bigger guy in a Speedo and being like, 
fuck it. I, I think I look good and, and my boyfriend thinks I look good and that's really what matters to me right now. Yep, exactly. I think what I was going to say is when you, and when you see people doing these things that at a certain point felt, uh, not unattainable, but they felt like you could never do it. Like Mm -hmm. for me growing up, it was always like, oh my God, I can never wear a bikini and I can never like all these rules that we make up for ourselves. Exactly. When you see someone who looks like you doing those things, I think the awesome part about it is that it gives you the permission to do it. You're like, Mm -hmm. if they can do it, I can do it. And I think to your point, the, the haters quote unquote, I, at this point, just feel bad for those people because you know that I would not want to live inside those people's minds. Like, cause they just live in that world of seeing someone who is comfortable with themselves is, is triggering all of their self-loathing. And they're like, Mm -hmm. how dare you, how, how dare you who looks like that, like be happy. And I think for me, it's like, it's not about you. They're just projecting all of their shit onto you. And, and again, like they're probably very deeply unhappy. Yeah. Um, and it, so I think it's cool. And it's not to like brush off. Like it still feels horrible when someone totally. makes a comment about my weight or about anything um, yeah. to any of us like that, like a negative f- thought, but I, I would, it's not that I'm accepting it, but I would rather have that one uncomfortable moment versus the like, hundreds of moments that I used to have of like self-doubting myself or like physically being uncomfortable in in what I'm wearing or who I was because I didn't want to break like and you used a good word for it like these rules these rules that we made up that no one else is living by these rules except for you that you've somehow established in your mind like um and they're making you miserable (laughs) yeah like a, a stupid rule that like I always had in my mind because someone told me one time or something they're like big people can't wear horizontal stripes and and that's like one of my favorite patterns. And for years I wouldn't wear it. And now like, that's literally like my trade, like that sounds I'm going to post trademark, the picture of me and you both wearing horizontal yeah. stripes. When I that's post like, this episode. that's all I wear is stripes because I, I like how they look They're It's very nautical. Like it, it's who I am, <laughs> but like, that's a rule that like, yes, it's kind of socially like people have said it, but like, there are so many other rules that I've lived by and I'm sure that you've lived by and many other people that are rules that we've made up for ourselves that just don't make sense when you actually try to take them apart. Yep. Yep. Like it, it's definitely a rabbit hole, but like, especially in like the hookup culture of mm-hmm. like having that hookup with someone and like feeling really great about it. And at least with me in my mind in the beginning, when I first started hooking up, um, I would be like, I'd almost like imagine relationships with these people. Like a hookup to me in the beginning was like, oh, well, this person is clearly interested in me and like wants to get to know more. Yeah. And it took me a long time to realize that a lot of the times hookups are just purely hookups. And pe- those people will never contact you again and don't really care about you. Yeah. And and while that definitely works for a lot of people, like, it, and it's not to say that it didn't work for me at times, but there were definitely other times too, where it's like, wow, that this person told me everything I wanted to hear and then never spoke to me again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's why it's like so important to know going into different dating situations. Like, I think you've always tried to give me advice on this, <laughs> how well I've listened is questionable, but like, I feel like you always have tried to give me advice of like, know what you want, like going into it and like mm-hmm. being able to 
identify when it isn't what you want. I think that's where I've kind of failed sometimes is yeah. like letting things linger or keep happening even when I know that eventually it's it, not even eventually like in the in that moment it's not gonna be what I want it to be and yeah but we all we've all been through we've that and learned <laughs> and I, I think it hits on that point too of where you were mentioning like I've given advice and with all of us we can get as much advice as we want but like until we're ready to embrace that advice or yeah acknowledge like maybe something isn't working in our own lives like that's not going to make a difference yep yep yeah I really think about like that first time when I when I went to therapy like knowing something was wrong and like knowing that I needed help but like not quite being ready to actually Mm -hmm. one tell all the truth about stuff and then also like put things into action and like commit to being uncomfortable I think you said that earlier like you have to develop that ability to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and like keep doing that you have to just keep doing it and eventually you get better (laughs) and and like it's it's I'm still working on it there are still times where like um where like I'll lie to myself or I'll um, avoid a situation because it's just not something I want to handle. Um, and not even just in personal, like in, uh, even in work <laughs> at times, I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to avoid that altogether because that's just not a, a route I want to go. Um, but I, I think just acknowledging that you want to put yourself in those situations, like those uncomfortable situations is like a good first step too, though. Like like for you I like I remember when you first said you were going to start to go to therapy and like that's a huge step like anyone who decides to go to therapy or thinks that it's for them like that first step is like you deserve an applaud just for even like thinking about going to therapy because you're you're acknowledging that there's things that you want to work on that are out of your control Mm -hmm. yeah and like for me that was the first time I'd ever gone like I was 27 I think the first time I went Mm -hmm. and like I had never been and you know I was lucky that I had friends like you who who made it like really normal to go and like Mm -hmm. seeing again like seeing your own progression and journey and like I like talking about what you learned and what you were talking about how helpful it was for you yeah made me feel more comfortable being like this is what I this is something I want to do I think it can help me um, it's mental health awareness month. So I think it's so, it's like, I'm happy that going to therapy is becoming more normalized. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, because at this point I'm like, everyone should go to therapy. (laughs) Everyone should. It's so helpful. It may not be for everyone, but everyone should do a trial, go on a few dates with a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because you'll uncover a lot of stuff that you didn't even realize that you wanted to work on or that you needed to focus on and and I'm not saying it's for everyone like there are going to be people who are like I truly don't need therapy um but there are a lot of people who just don't realize that there are so many things that they could improve in their life just if they had a little help from someone like that Mm -hmm. who's really like that unbiased opinion but also you're a lot of the times like your biggest cheerleader at the in moments yeah Yeah. we're both Gemini's we like to talk so it's (laughs) it's great to have someone who they have to listen to you for a full hour (laughs) every week. Um, And yeah, I think that that unbiased 
outsider is so mm-hmm. so powerful and um I had another point I wanted to make and now I'm forgetting it. To to like tie on that until you get that point yeah. then. Go for um it. <laughs> another good thing I pulled from that therapy too with that like outsider and was something that I think a lot of us already do in work, but we don't think to apply to our own lives is like setting little goals. Like I would leave mm. his therapy session and he would be like, okay, like what are these one or two things that you are going to work on in between our sessions? And so maybe it would be as simple as like, break up with this person I'm dating or like, <laughs> like not yeah. simple. That, that in itself was like a mountain for me, but like little things like that where like he wasn't giving me a massive list and he was and there were times where I wouldn't have it done and he wouldn't beat me up like I'd go in there being like I'm sorry I didn't get it done he's like why are you apologizing yeah um but it was like little goals to try to help move the needle ever so much to just make your life a little bit better yep and I think what you were saying the point I wanted to make is building on you were saying you'll go and figure out that there's these things that you never even knew Mm -hmm. that you had to work through or that you just weren't aware of. Um, And I think like those little steps add up so much in like when you go every week, like it can be so helpful to processing something that you didn't even know was there. I think a couple months ago before I'm trying to remember if this is before I got laid off or after, because (laughs) you've been through a lot recently. (laughs) I've been through a lot recently. Um, yeah, I, I think it was like, I think it was after I, so I, I got laid off and of course I went to therapy and like cried and cried and cried and like, it was, it was just very shocking and devastating. Um, but like, I felt like I was making really good progress on a lot of these things that I had been wanting to, to deal with. Mm. Um, I mean, on the other side of a lot of that, like I finally did this I, I made a lot of like major steps in the last like couple of weeks and I remember yeah. there was a few times where I was like huh I don't really know if I have anything to talk about on Friday when I when I go to therapy and then more more and I would just uncover <laughs> more and more and now I'm at the point where I'm like I def have more to talk about I just it's just so interesting how like you can kind of stumble upon those things and like yeah it's I'm constantly learning about myself and how I cope and deal with stuff, but. Exactly. And and it really is a learning experience. Like I think I mentioned, I I don't currently go now because I I got to a point where I felt comfortable and okay with where I was. Like I'm not perfect and there are so many things I need to work on, but at the time it just got to the point where I was like, I feel okay with where I am Mm -hmm. at right now. And uh, these sessions I, I'm just not getting as much as I want out of them right now mm-hmm. just not because of anything he had done we just both were in agreement that I was in a better place um but like a thing he said to me that I, I still always have in my back pocket is he's like like you're continuing to work on these things you can always come back like yep so like he really made it clear to me that like when we both had like our last session and and I think I had an awkward hug it, it was I didn't know like what to do <laughs> <laughs> But um, he was like, I want you to like reach out to me. Like if you start to feel like you're backsliding or like things are just not working out or you just need to literally talk to someone, he's like, please reach out and we can start meeting again. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not a matter of like therapy is going to solve all your problems, but it is going to help you kind of organize, almost like organize those problems is how I approached it. And like, 
find ways of approaching them and, and not beating yourself up as much and, and knowing yep. that you do have that as an option. Yep, for sure. I think it can be so helpful just to have someone like mirror back what you have or even just to like witness something that you've like you you need to just get off your chest and for yeah. them to just like hear you out and like help you understand like those feelings or like a certain experience like why it's bothering you or why you can't like let go of something like it's just so nice to to have that person who's just there to like support and empower you that's what I feel like that's really what they're there to do yeah. it's like if they're good at their job they're gonna make you feel heard I think like this is the thing like people want to be heard seen and loved and like mm. you can I think like therapy is like that it it fills that need of just being seen and someone to like say and listen to you like truly yeah. listen to you hear you out on things and and I think that's again why it's so important why you need to trust the person um it's their job and like they can handle whatever you throw at them yeah so it, it definitely with the trust element like my therapist at least and I know a lot of them do like he would challenge me at times mm -hmm. but he would only like I can look back at it now and know that the challenges he gave me were things that he knew I could handle at that time. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, he never was unsupportive or like, I don't believe that, or maybe you did something wrong, but it would be more of a challenge of like, well, let's kind of take this situation apart. And why do you think that you, that this went this way? Or why are you having these feelings about this situation? Like mm -hmm. it, that constructive feedback was really helpful in being able to move forward. Okay, I'm going to ask you the last question that I'm asking everyone, and then okay. we can just talk normally. Uh, <laughs> so, Tim, what would be the advice you would give to your younger self? Ooh, this is like a RuPaul moment. Um, <laughs> oh, my younger self. God, there's so many things. Um, <laughs> I would tell myself not to come out via letter. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I would, like written letter typed. Oh yeah. I wrote a letter to my mom and then oh. rang all the house. Um <laughs> and again, like I said, I was very fortunate. Uh oh. God, there's there's so many things, but some of the things I would probably say is I, I would probably really try to hammer home body acceptance and, and self-love. Um, there were many years of of, of self-hate, like is the only mm -hmm. word I can think of. And the constant comparing of myself to other people, like um, I remember I, I was going to like a fat camp and I was so excited and like, this is going to change my life. And I, yeah. I'm going to be this new person that like everyone's going to love. And, yeah. it, and I think even like, if I could somehow travel back in time and tell my younger self this, it may not make a huge difference, but like, if I could change things, that would be the big thing. Like is, is learning to love yourself at a much younger age and, and finding that support either in your friends or your family or, or or your therapist in order to like get to that point mm -hmm. if all of us could be like that like imagine if all of us walked <laughs> around just like accepting ourselves and accepting the differences in others like what a world we would be yeah and it's not to say you and i don't have self-doubt anymore because oh, I, totally. I do have self-doubt all the time but I'm able to know that that's just a moment that I'm having and that I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to kind of pull through it by reflecting on 
on some of the the positive feelings that I've had and knowing that this really is just a moment that I'm going through and that I'm going to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you for sharing everything, Tim. It was so good. Thank you so much for having me. You know I love chatting with you. So. <laughs>